Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Alimony from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. That was a weird builds you had there, but I'm happy to be here. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. (laughs) Hello. It's my new inflection. Equally weird. Yep. Today is Thursday, September 14th, otherwise known as National Cream-Filled Donut Day. Eclairs. Guess what? (laughs) Yeah, I guess kind of. It's like a fancy... (laughs) Cream it's the American donut. eclair. What's your guys' favorite donut? A long john. Keep it simple. What's a long? I don't even know what that is. Y'all don't have long johns where it's 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 a long rectangular donut that's uh-huh. just a glazed chocolate. So it's, it's not just, like a chocolate bar. N- yes, kind of. It is like a chocolate it, bar, but it's imagine. Okay, so picture this: a okay. glazed donut. I'm closing with my Chocolate eyes. frosting. Mm. Okay. It tastes it tastes the exact same way, but for whatever reason, they decided it would be better if they made it look like a rectangle. There's more of it. There's there is more of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're getting more bang for your buck. There you go. For for me, it really depends on where I'm at. Like uh, you know, for if you're at like Krispy Kreme, it's just that plain donut. Yeah, plain glazed. Especially when it's fresh, is pretty amazing. Um, but if you're at like some specialty thing, then I like to you know ask them whatever they're best at. I don't. What do you I don't ever at? get any kind of crazy donuts though. I still usually keep it pretty simple. I get nuts, man. Do you? Well, I mean, I get donuts with nuts on them. Oh, okay. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no, go, not, oh, go well, what, what I'm not into is like the maple bacon donuts. Right. Like, and that's what I'm talking about. Like kind of excessive. Right, <laughs> it's like, too much. Just weirdness. Yeah. I mean, I like both those things. It, it, it's an interesting thing, but I don't want... I've never had a donut. Even like a bad donut is still pretty good. Like that's even true. if you go to like the Hostess donuts, those are still... There's still donuts. There's still They're sugar still awesome. and bread. Yeah. So the minute you take like you have good craftsmanship for like the basic donut underneath it, and then you just complicate it so much that you wait. You're okay. Maple and bacon, interesting. But then you can't even tell whether or not like the actual donut part was like fluffy oh, yeah, and delicious because yeah, yeah. you're so overwhelmed by all the That's gimmicks. True. That's true. That's a good man. point. That's why you just got to get a good long john. At least, at least you got to start with something simple, just so you can get a baseline of how this place is making their donuts. Yeah. Mike, I think I think you need to do a little Oklahoma tour guiding for us and post a picture of the a long food tour on the the Modern Maker Instagram. Perfect. I'll do that. I'll literally they're ever, like you go to Seven Eleven, you go to Krispy Kreme, everyone's got long johns. I think that's crazy. Y'all have never heard of them. Never heard of them. Well, where I come from, Long John's is I think like a fish place. Yeah. Oh, long John Silver's. Yeah. Yeah. Long Although John I don't Silver's. think there's even those anymore. All right, let's get into this show. We're into it. Hey, We're well, I want to talk deep. about donuts more. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are you guys working on? Ben, you go for it, man. I just got back into Boston. Boston. And I am working on a huge amount of editing. I was just looking, and I have about eight or nine videos that I've shot that I haven't edited yet. So Ooh. Nice. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's, that's a, a lot of hours at the desk. Yeah, so I'm going to be uh, doing a lot of editing. Except for tomorrow, the day after recording, but before this airs, I will be starting my new project for uh, Toys R Us. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I forgot about that one. Yep. Finally, you know, these things take a while to schedule and and get on the calendar. But uh, as you're hearing this, I will have gone to a, you know, Boston area Toys R Us and tried to use $5,000 in gift cards to get supplies for a series of projects. And not spend it all on Nerf guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he will. Maybe that's a project. Yeah. So, you don't uh, know. yeah. So I will be spending some time in a Toys R Us. And it's a really interesting project because it's not 
and and I'm excited to experiment with it because it's you know with like the Home Depots and those kind of sponsors there it's an obvious fit for what we're doing. This is something that isn't sort of out of our uh, our sort of content wheelhouse niche a little bit, right? But it's it's a great challenge creatively of saying can we just take anything and do something cool and interesting and sort of making related out of it? Yeah. Um, could I so, could I ask a quick question? Sure. Are you planning on going to a Toys R Us and kind of like reconning it before you do all of this and kind of like maybe get ideas? Are you planning on just free like just free balling, just winging it? <laughs> I, wa- free balling. I, I, I was. Uh, <laughs> Don't go free balling in a Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Um, no, <laughs> I think all proper attires be worn at a children's toy store at all times. <laughs> good, I- uh, good idea. Good idea. No, uh, I wear long planning- johns. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was planning on going and doing a little reconnaissance, but, uh, I got really busy today and yeah. so I didn't. So, Ooh. uh, I'm going to rely on my ability to improv and sort of figure things out when I'm there, but I'm taking the whole like team, it. uh, with me. So. <laughs> Uh, and I think we're even going to try to do some drone footage inside the Toys R Us. They're closing the store down. So oh, nice. The, Dang. So Are they I putting think, you on the clock? Are they going to give you like 30 minutes countdown? Get I think so. Something like yeah, that. That'll be yeah, a, sort of like yeah. supermarket sweepstakes. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking so, of like back in the day when Oprah would have kids and they would yeah. do the Toys R Us thing. Kind of the oh, same thing. Oh, baby. So I don't know if they're going to let me drive around in uh, you know the Barbie dream car power wheels. But I... <laughs> One can only hope. Um, other than that, in editing, um, I am working on kind of an interesting project. I bought a uh, like a electric piano for for my sister Jessie because um, she she likes to play and uh, uh, she expressed interest in wanting it. And I'm going to be starting working on the design for. Uh, I really liked how the workstation out of the armor came, where it was like the garden. Yeah. And I started thinking about more sort of creative workspaces that can do double duty. And so I'm going to try to take this like really nice uh, Yamaha keyboard uh, and make it, in, put, build it into a desk so you can work it, use it as a writing desk for working, but then you can open it up and also play on it. So it's sort smart. of this, this creative thing and also this work thing. So you can do your taxes on it or you can compose music. Smart. Chris, what do you got? Fancy stuff. Uh, let's see. So this weekend, this last weekend, I continued to work on the dining room table. Dining table. I always say dining room table. Just dining table. That's enough. Yeah. Cut out the room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty much finished now. I'm just actually putting the finish on it. And then I got a couple more coats to go. And then I'm going to assemble everything, which, man, I, I don't know, man. I do not want to build another hardwood dining table top. Like, it's just there's not that many pieces to it but they're just like all big and hard to move and yeah. everything just takes longer it's you're sanding forever deck. it no it's actually oak white oak, oak. wow yeah first you know, time I using to, oak uh, i went I, I went to ikea last week and they had an oak mm-hmm. dining table in there and i was really impressed with it because normally i just abhor oak that was a big uh-huh. vocabulary word boom somebody got it but i usually just hate, thing. i hate the look of oak but they had a dining table uh-huh. in there I don't know if it was the color of the finish or what mm-hmm. it was, but it just it looked really it, it looked really cool. I think I think a lot of it probably had to do with just the form of the table. It was a cool modern table. Yeah. But just in that application, the oak looked really good. You what know, are you yeah. doing to finish with it? It's funny. So I actually had like a negative view of oak yes. before this as well. I because I thought of it as being very heavily grained, and so it just yes. made me think of like and it's like that I don't long, know seventies furniture or something. Yeah, like it's that. like that really long, really like 
tinsely yeah. like I, I I'm trying to think of the right word for like the grain. It's like long well, and fibrous. Yeah, as I've it, gotten, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I think it's more, for me. It's always been more the color than the yeah, grain. Like that the grain golden consistent. oak look. Right, and for me, is that that orange mm-hmm. is that sort of seventies. And I think the other th- association that we have with it is oak was it was seen as like a valuable wood. So it was one of the ones that in the seventies and eighties got veneered a lot. So okay. we've seen so many cheap applications of oak veneer. That's a good that point. Sort of turned us off to it. The same way the, everything's getting veneered walnut now. Right. So I actually think oak is a little bit underrated right now. And particularly when I see people that are doing things that are that are coming out really nicely now, they're either ebonizing it. Uh, and you can do that with like the vinegar and steel wool method. Yeah. Or, you know, Rubio um, Monocote makes I, I've seen a few people do posts with like a really nice blackened oak yeah. from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also whitewashed oak, which isn't the easiest finish to do because the, the tannins in the oak, which make it really great for turning black can sometimes resist uh the stains uh sort of evenly so but if you can figure out a good gray wash or white wash on oak uh it can look super modern and then the consistency of the grain sort of works for you you kind of get this like low saturated thing so we went from in in sort of like architectural interiors like hardly ever doing oak floors in the early 2000s to now we actually do them a lot but they're never sort of a natural or clear finish. They're always sort of like a whitewash, a gray stain, or blackened. And they can look incredibly modern and very consistent. Yeah, because that's a good point. Because oak doesn't have incredibly like contrasting grain, especially no. yeah. when you put something light on it. Well, it's you know what? So when I look at the grain now, it reminds me of almost like an illustration of wood. Like when you see... <laughs> somebody yeah. drawing out furniture and then they draw the grain pattern in there. It yeah. kind of looks like that. Like it's very, it's almost like stereotypically wood in, yeah, a, become, in a way. It's become a parody it's of itself, right? Yeah. yeah. Like so it's, I don't know. It looks pretty cool. Like I'm actually really liking the way that it looks. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting when I see the color of it in my house because the, so my house is built in 53 and all the houses in this tract have hardwood flooring that are made of oak. And so I'm like, oh, man, is it going to, like, blend in too much of the ground? We're going to have to get, like, an area rug or something so we're not just running into it. It's, like, camouflaged. Is this one going to be for you? Yeah, this one's for me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's funny. Right now it's actually – so the it's, like, um, let's see, almost 8 feet long and about 40 inches wide. And so it's the same size as the dining room table that we have in there right now. But it's so big that in order to work on the rest of the table, after I put the top together, I – I got the top all finished and moved it in. So what I ended up doing was I just flipped it upside down and put it on top of my existing dining room table, dining table, sorry for those room people. (laughs) Um, And I've been like, you know, I'm still doing stuff. Like I'm assembling the CNC machine on top of the bottom of it. And I do all my work at it, but it's funny that it's like already in there. Um, And yeah, now I got the base all done. I just got to put a few more coats of finish on it. And then you got some crazy angles going with that thing. I got some angles. You right, got some it's, angles. What I'm kind of going for is like um, like the spider coffee table. It's kind of like a version of that, but in dining table form. Mm-hmm. Although it uses a different... So hopefully the leg system is going to work. We'll see. I think it will. <laughs> um, what it is is... Okay, so you know how I, uh, my advice to people always like in the let's talk about design is I always feel like people forget to put a stretcher on pieces and it looks unfinished. So actually right. what I did was I said, I'm going to make this without a stretcher. So it's, it's a just design challenge. Yeah. It's basically just like L shaped or seven shaped, depending on how you look at it, legs. And they screw right into the top. And then to allow for the wood movement, I found these, um, they're called expandable washers. So it's basically like a washer that's elongated. 
and it's oriented so that the wood can expand and, and then the screw would just slide within that washer. But yeah, so it doesn't have a stretcher. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I like the way it looks in drawings, but it'll be a real like <laughs> moment of truth when I actually install it and flip it over. And hopefully they're strong enough. I got Domino, so floating mortise and tenon in there. And then I also put two splines in each one. So it should be a nice strong joint. I like it. And then, How do you uh, make splines? Just on the table saw? Yeah, that, so in the, po- in the picture that I posted on Instagram, that little jig that I set up was, it's basically like a picture frame jig, but instead of being at 90 degrees, it's at 105 degrees to awesome. allow for the angle. And so, yeah, you just run it. I just put the dado blades on. And so it just cuts like a quarter inch wide oh. groove in it basically. And then you just yeah. cut some hardwood out and glue it in. I dig it. I dig it. Or you dig it. Sorry. What well, do you, you dig it? On? I hope as well. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. What so am I working on? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh no, wait. I'm glad ben you was going to say something. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I want to know what I want to know what Mike's working on. Oh, okay, there you go. Oh, I bet. Uh, so, if you are listening to this podcast either today or tomorrow, the very so first Thursday IKEA or Friday. Hack, yeah, Thursday or Friday, <laughs> the first IKEA hacks video is going live to the public. I am going to be calling it IKEA hacks. If someone pursues litigation, I'm going to back down immediately, and then uh, you know. Are there big videos that are on YouTube right now that are I'm IKEA telling you, hacks the that only have that? reason it's called IKEA hacks is it's such a good keyword. Um, so, but there are ones on there that are like not taken down. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so then, as a for instance, should be fine. One of the first video that opened my eyes to the world of people that are like taking IKEA furniture and like hacking it, quote unquote, is I I posted a platform bed video a year ago, something like that. And Mm -hmm. it is now my most best performing video. And I was in the analytics kind of just looking at where traffic was coming from on that video. And it was from an Ikea hack bed video. Someone basically took a bunch of cabinets that would be hung in your kitchen and made a big platform for a bed to sit on. Mm -hmm. The video is garbage. Um, Calling them out. The project is the project is okay. For like what it is. It's coming from somebody that was just like had an idea and made it. They weren't trying to be any kind of incredible designer or anything. Right. They're just um, documenting. So for whatever it, for what it was, it was fine. The video's got like thirty million views. Damn. Yeah. And so that was like my video kind of piggybacked a lot off of that where it was getting suggested a lot mm-hmm. from people watching that. That was why it got a lot of traffic. Make sure you use good tags, people. There you go. <laughs> Little little hint, but just put um, IKEA hacks in everything, no matter exactly. what it is. <laughs> it's your kids' recital, IKEA hacks. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, that opened my eyes to this whole world of IKEA hacks, and so I kind of, I would kind of just explored it, and I realized there's this whole thing and this whole community of people doing it. So I wanted to be a part of it. Got my boy Caleb on board. Sorry, I got something in you my eyes. Got something eye. in your eyes, yeah. Like really bad. I got pink eye this weekend. What? What is fifth grade? Conjunctivitis. Terrible pink eye too. It came from the movie theater. There had to have been some gross person at the movie theater. Just, um, but I just I, I went to the movies one night, came back, went to sleep, woke up at like four thirty in the morning with the worst pink eye of my life, and <laughs> it made my weekend terribly unproductive. Because for one day, it was just so light sensitive. I just like sat in the house with all the drapes closed with sunglasses on. Nice. Because <laughs> like any light would just kill me. But anyways. Back to the Ikea thing. First video is going to be coming out. I've been teasing it on my Instagram, so check that out if you're not already following me. And uh, from there, I'm going to be building the mirror. 
Oh boy. Oh snap. Finally. Uh, Here we hopefully, go. <laughs> hopefully Thursday, Friday, as the video is posted, I'll be working on the mirror. So check my Instagram for updates on that. Also, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything more about it because I feel like it's already cursed enough as it is. It is. <laughs> you know, I actually thought about doing I, I wasn't even thinking of it as IKEA hacks, but we have an IKEA dresser in our bedroom and I wanted to do all new furniture bedroom and I was like, Yeah, instead of rebuilding it, I should just make like a cool looking case to essentially just put this thing in. Yeah. And that's kind of what, what the series is, is taking something that's like really plain from Ikea and like just uh-huh. modding it up and making it look cool. So if yours goes well, man, I'm, I'm joining you on board on the Ikea hacks. Dude, it'll work because my first video is going to be dressers. We can just piggyback off each other's videos. Just boom. It'll just keep reverberating back and forth till we get a billion views. <laughs> exactly. All right. So what are we cool. talking about this week? Uh, we're going to do some questions. We've had some questions come in lately and we need to clean house. We're doing a this- little house cleaning. Yeah, we haven't had as many weekend shows lately. They've all with the interviews. So I'll just read this first one. Comes in from Zachary Gaddy. Kind of long here. He says, for someone else who is looking to start their own YouTube channel in making and doing along the same things as you guys, I was wondering if you could share your thoughts on what is important features that will make my contact content and YouTube channel success. For example, is it the content that is easy to repeat by others, unique content, uh, awesome video footage, being able to produce a lot of content or just a few items that are awesome. And then I will say, you know, I don't know how deep we can get into this right here, but just to plug WorkbenchCon, that's pretty much what Mike and I are going to be talking (laughs) about in our topic. (laughs) That's a pretty big point of it. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be pretty much be talking about how to create project videos that appeal to your or an audience. So yeah. kind of along the same lines. But Could I, um, just, could I just give one thing give one. and then kind of like let y'all bounce off of it and maybe y'all throw stuff in? Sure. So I would like to open it with consistency and not consistency, consistency in scheduling. Everyone talks about that, but just consistency in programming, style, and I mean, heck, scheduling doesn't hurt, right? So, so you're saying like more the look and, and tone right. of your videos. So I see a lot of people making YouTube videos and they'll make really cool things, but I think they're focused in consistency maybe in the wrong way. Whereas they'll make really cool project videos, but the the content in between is very subpar or maybe there's not a lot of effort put into it. So maybe you make really cool dining table videos, um, but you know dining tables kind of take a while to produce, but you want to yep. make videos every week. Instead of like doing some kind of shop update or progress update, just so mm. you can like have fodder for people to watch, right? Make consistently good content, and it doesn't matter how often you put it out. If it's consistently good and if it fits a theme consistently for your channel, uh, I think that's a really good foundation to be set up on. That's a good point. I think also consistency, kind of in a way that we've talked about it before, or that Mike has kind of talked about it before, in terms of making sure that you're consistently working on stuff. I was actually thinking about that this weekend, not to have like a pity party or anything, but working on this dining room table, man, it's such a big build and working (laughs) full time. Like it was literally, so, you know, Friday after work, I got home, I ate dinner, I went out in the garage, I started working. I was out there till like 11 o'clock at night, just doing repetition, just drilling a bunch of holes. (laughs) Got up the next morning, pretty much worked all Saturday, pretty much worked all Sunday. And then here I am now today at 
today's Monday when we record this. I'm at work all day recording the podcast. I'll go home. I'll eat dinner. I'll go back outside and I'll start finishing more. So it's just consistency. <laughs> in Consistently working 80 hours a week. <laughs> you got to, man. You know, you get uh, how many emails do you guys get from people that like, hey, I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. That's a huge part of it is like, you know, be willing to work your butt off. And I think that's a funny thing is there's there's like this thing where the people that have become successful in our space are mm-hmm. all people that are just working probably more than they should be. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just like, I don't know if the right word is raises the bar, but it raises the like status quo to where yeah. it's like, it makes it to where people getting into it are like, dang, I've really got to commit to this. Cause there's a yeah. lot of people making a lot of stuff. I, think about this. Like just, okay. However many hours you're actually working a week, yeah. throw that part away. Okay. How many hours or like how frequently are you just thinking about it? Whether like, you're doing something else, but you're just like thinking about videos and content and projects. Subcon- and- like subconsciously, probably always. But yeah, like a lot of the time is like, oh, like walking through Ikea. I'm sorry, but like walking through Ikea was like a huge eye opening moment of like, why am I not doing stuff like this more often? So like after mm-hmm. I got back to Oklahoma City, like that's all I've been doing is like, going places and saying like how can i incorporate what i see into what i'm doing and not like obviously taking ideas but like trying to take inspiration as much as i can uh is a lot of fun but yeah Mm -hmm. what you're saying is totally right it's funny uh i feel like we've answered different versions of this question a few times Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's definitely one of the most common ones that we get right is people they want to have a more creative life. They want to have a life that's more involved with hands-on making. Um, and that's probably why they're watching us. And so it's natural that they want to then go, well, how do I sort of, it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun, which we are. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to be posting some uh, some photos of uh, Mike's trip uh, out to visit me. Oh, yeah, I know. We forgot to, <laughs> oh, Lord, there's some funny ones in there. Yeah, I think we're going to have some caption contests on the Instagram. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, so get your, get your hipster jokes ready. Um, <laughs> but no, so it, it, it is a lot of fun. So I think it's natural that people want to, as much as they want to talk about specific projects, they want to talk about how to get involved with this kind of, these kind of lifestyle businesses that let you earn a living doing those sort of things that we all like doing. What I normally say is, uh, is, you know, finding out what you're best at, what your competitive advantage is, and then building a content strategy around that. So if you look at sort of what I do and I say, oh, this is what Ben does, I'm gonna try to use that as a thing, you better be good at design, uh, but it's a very, you know, if, you know, if you're trying to do what Chris does, you better be good at design and really good at making things, right? And making Um, good-looking videos. Right. So it's like, don't try to copy a formula unless you have the skills to do it. So build it around your skills. So the the way I'll say it a little bit differently this time is I think it's being more introspective than it is sort of looking and emulating uh, sort of role models, right? I think... When I look at the people that sort of inspired me, the sort of Jimmy Duresta's and the Bob Claggett's and the David Picciuto's and people like that, I always was inspired by their pursuit of their own journey, not by sort of what they're doing. I love watching uh, Jimmy's videos, but it never occurred to me to make an axe or a Leatherman. That right. would be taking a prescriptive approach rather than a conceptual approach. What what it what I learned from Jimmy is that. Uh, is you can do all sorts of things that maybe you're not an expert at, 
uh, and just do them with your own flair. And you can use anything as your raw material. You can mix and match random objects. You can make a bar cart by sawing wrenches in half. Nothing sacred. You can totally misuse things and and reappropriate things wherever you, you fit. And that your sort of technical uh, abilities can often just be a conduit for implementing your creative ideas. Um, but never once I said, oh, okay, now I need a basement shop and things like that. The mistake I see when people are trying to do this and where they're doing too much emulation and not enough sort of like conceptual understanding is where they're early on, they're creating a YouTube channel and they're like, oh, so-and-so had a shop tour. So I need to do a shop tour video. Right. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, but, and, and, and the problem there is that they're, again, they're trying to cut and paste ideas from other people and they're not realizing that those things evolved to the point where they were doing maybe three years down the road, they were doing the shop tour because a thousand people had asked a question, but a lot of see a lot of people trying to do that kind of content before anyone's asking for it. Right? Yes. That's, and a, that's the takeaway is doing it before people are ready for it. Right. So I would say for anyone doing this is be prepared to, to produce for like six months to a year before you see real results. Um, yeah. I often suggest people to, uh, you know, produce their first 10 videos, maybe take a month off work or a couple of weeks and produce a whole bunch of content, post them, tag them, and then let them sit for a while and see what happens. Uh, and, uh, a friend that started a cooking channel, I, I recommended that to her and she created 10, uh, I think like five to 10 recipes all around one topic. She posted them. She's like, no one's watching. No one's watching. And then like six months later, she's like, oh, wait, I have like 10,000 subscribers. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she produced them all within a few weeks, posted them all. And then over a while, people searched and sort of found that. Yeah. Um, and so we've talked about building audience before and go back and check out our sort of archive of ep episodes. And I think you'll find some on sort of building an audience and stuff like that to get more into the specifics. So just to summarize, I would say spend more time really ruthlessly analyzing what you are uniquely good at. And it doesn't mean unique, like you're the only butterfly in the world that, that has this skill set. but it's just saying like, I'm above average at these two or three things. And I'm pretty sure I can be consistently above average at those and then build your strategy around where you're strongest. Good points. Booyah. Booyah kasha. <laughs> nice. It was a good question. Good answer. I like it. It was. And again, Hot you, want, you want that deeper stuff. You get, you get your butt down to that workbench con. <laughs> yeah. Go. Remember, there's a link. We got the link in the uh, Instagram. Use that modern discount, discount code. code. Discount yeah. code. Discount code. That's what I'm looking for. All lowercase. Modern Make sure all lowercase. Use that modern. Use that right, modern. What's people. next? Okay. Next one comes in from Debuxy at Reddit. This is a very short one to contrast the long one. And I, I'm thinking this guy's from uh, Mike's neck of the woods. He says, What's y'all's? Yep. <laughs> What's y'all's plan for retirement? But I think that's a tough question to answer. But oh, I've it already made got me it though. Hawaii. I'm ready. No. But y'all go. Well, I was gonna say it kind of led me to think, and I've thought about this before, is how does this end? Just like how <laughs> we do just we make videos until we die. Yeah, do I just die? Do I retire <laughs> at some point? Uh, I mean, you know, hopefully I, I just wait until I get, get that million dollar endorsement, baby. Does something but, go away? And then does put some it other, into a, into yeah, a, does some other opportunity come along that takes yeah. you away from it? But it is interesting to think that like, it's gotten to a point at least where you wouldn't just be like, all right, I'm done with this. And you yeah. just quit for no reason. You want reason. me to give you mine? This Let's is what I've thought. How okay. does it end? Um, do this for another year. And while doing that, keep saving money like I am. Put a healthy chunk of that into a nice Roth IRA. 
There's the mm. retirement. Because um, it's money that I would be making and had been saving anyway. So it's, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's tucked away. Okay. And then next move, buy and flip houses. Do that for a few years. Buy flip houses, but don't sell them. Instead, rent them. Mm-hmm. And then my parents have expressed interest in also flipping houses. So what I would probably end up doing is like a joint thing where I flip the house, then they manage the property. And then once, I mean, I guess it's, I don't, I guess it's probably inevitable. Whereas like, I don't know if they die, then maybe this is getting dark. <laughs> oh Goodness. Boy. Um, my I don't know. Maybe quit listening to this. Now. I mean, there's plenty of property management companies, but, but my, my plan for retirement is flip a healthy number parents. of houses that I can rent, but not manage. Cause I've got no interest in the logistics of it. Uh-huh. And then just keep putting, hopefully I can get to a point where I can just put max contributions into a Roth IRA for like 10 years straight and let that compound. All right. So then let me ask you this. If you had to guess, do you think in five years from now that you'll still be making videos? Whether Ooh, it's like this or in yes, a different kind of video? Yes, but probably not small items. Okay. So It'll probably think, be like more like I'm kind of like what you're talking about. on. Yeah. The, I just think that I think the landscape will change a little bit for online to whereas, you know, uh, long form comment or long form stuff will find a home, whether it's on YouTube or another network. Right. And so hopefully, I mean, best case scenario is I can land essentially what would be parallel to a TV show in that new media. Right. Yeah, I, I think the I retire for me is the is the wrong word because I right. don't want to stop because I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so right. for me, how I take that question is how do I stay interested? How do I stay connected to the work? And how do I how do I counteract? There's an efficiency in repetition, right? The minute you figure out a formula that works financially and that you're good at, there's an incentive to do it over and over and over again. Right. Because it works. You don't you, there's less risk and you know what the rewards are and you keep growing in size so you keep making more money. So there there's a, a financial efficiency in repetition. But within that repetition, if it, you can also lead to dissatisfaction creatively. So mm-hmm. for me, the question is, I don't want to stop what I'm doing because I'm enjoying it. But what I want to make sure that I'm doing is prolonging the enjoyment and keeping the right amount of efficiency of repetition with the right amount of sort of adventures in making and creativity. So it's, it's very much along the line. I think Mike is basically saying the same thing. But he's describing it through different sizes and scales of projects. He's describing a progression in scale from small things in videos to bigger flipping houses and then longer format video uh, content. Yeah. So it's but there's still a through line that maintains that efficiency of the foothold that he's already created with modern builds. So for me, the question is, how do I stay connected? How do I stay interested within this sort of broad formula by keeping to introduce new things, but still to maintain some economic efficiency? I have zero interest in like sitting on a beach and doing nothing. Yeah. Like, I think that I'm would get vaca- old after a couple weeks. Wait, for me, it's a couple days. Like when, yeah. I, when I go on vacation, it's like the first day is great. Second day, oh, I slept in two days in a row. That feels amazing. Third day, it's like, all right, uh, what should I, maybe I should like build a fort out of these uh, pieces of coral that washed up on the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like making things, but I don't want to make the same things over and over again, whether it's videos or things like that. Yeah. So there's a few ways I think that I'll stay interested. One is different business deals, right? 
expanding sort of media contracts with other media partners like we're doing with Dwell. That's a new way that I'm really excited about. Even though we'll be producing content that is in some ways very similar to the stuff I'm already doing, it's a challenge to see whether or not we can work with an established media brand and create a successful digital video series for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited on the project basis of taking on larger projects, doing this solar powered shed. I felt totally reinvigorated taking on welding projects, even though they're not huge. It's a new, it's a material that's new for me. Uh, doing things like the like the the art gallery sort of projects that I'm working on, all those things are ways to introduce new creative challenges that keep me really invested into the work. Now, the way I've been maintaining the consistency is also by hiring more people. So, bringing Jamie on to sort of keep producing uh, sort of the smaller to mid scale projects to sort of maintain. Uh, the sort of uh, uh, audience that we've already sort of established uh, has been uh, exciting and an interesting way to sort of create more space for me to stay interested in my work. So for me, it's never a question of retiring. It's how do I stay involved? How do I stay in love with what I'm doing and sort of maintain that as as a relationship and not just take it for granted uh, and become complacent? I think, yeah, um, in terms of like the retirement aspect of it, I don't really almost my view of like retiring doing this would be essentially doing it on a bigger but slower scale so like in my ideal world it would be doing you know maybe four videos a year but they're like really big projects where i'm taking on all sorts of new techniques and really pushing what i want to do i feel like that's what i would do if everything that i ever needed and wanted was accounted for that would kind of be my pace and and what i would want to do i also think that this is a a big passion of mine, obviously. And I think, I mean, I've been doing it long enough that I feel like it's going to stay a passion of mine and I'm always going to be interested in doing it in one form or another. But I think that other passions and interests can come in. And I think that a core part of my audience, actually what they like, or one of the things that appeals to them about the videos is they like watching someone do something that they're passionate about. Yeah. So I think it would be really interesting if as those other interests develop, if you could kind of document those in the same way and have the channel kind of incorporate those things. I don't know if that's a possibility or not, or, you know, obviously if you're doing whatever you want, cause you don't care about money or whatever, then you can do whatever you want. But that's kind of the way that I see retirement. So yeah, I don't see like this end game of I'm going to do this for 20 more years and then that'll be it. I'm never making yeah. another video. There'll, be, there'll never be a point where it's like, all right, cool. I'm done working. I'm just right. going to lay back forever. Now, but if I do, if I do make a last video, it's going to be of me making a casket and then climbing in and being like four <laughs> eyes out. Yeah. Like my view, like my view of retirement is like I, you get a house that you know you're not going to move out of again, and it's in like the perfect location, and everything you need is there. Like that's my idea of of retirement. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Is there's like not the next step to, and that's kind of a weird way to say it. Not there's not like another step to look forward to in a way. It's like everything that you've wanted is there. Now you can just. Oh man, but I don't know if that even that place exists. But it's a relative where, thing, isn't it? Yeah, like. Uh, yeah, I don't think you could ever not have that. I don't even think you, any of us would be happy in that place for long of like not having that next thing to work on. Yeah, that's true. I felt yeah. like, but it's even, not, not having yeah. the next thing to work on. Maybe it's like not having the next, whether it's like goal of like, Ooh, I would love to get a house here. That's, right. you know, this size that kind of like fits this aesthetic or something like that, where it's like, this is the house that I've always wanted. This is like, yeah. 
I think maybe that, I don't know, but it's 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 interesting to think. I don't about. think any of us have that personality, honestly. I feel right. like you would get that, and there would be that next thing. Yeah, you'd get there and be like, "All right, cool, this is awesome," but I already thought of how to improve it. Right, you'll you'll. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, we can all be the type of people that can at least like you know spend a week reveling in it and appreciating <laughs> whatever you've gotten. But then you're always going to have that next yeah. kind of thing that you're looking at. I'll just retire in an RV bus and drive Reno. drive around the El Reno. <laughs> well, Chris, you brought yeah. up like a different aspect of it that I think is actually really smart. Is you were talking about slowing down, mm-hmm. changing one variable, right? So it would be like doing the same thing but having it at a more leisurely pace, right? So that you could like really just sort of savor each project and draw it out and enjoy it and go into as much detail as you want without the sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's funny when when design students come to me and they say, "Hey, I I don't know if I want to do architecture or I want to do product design or furniture design." Uh, or what scale of architecture I want to do, I always ask them, well, how long would you like to work on each project? Because I think yeah. I think that's more important yeah. than do you want to do a new project every day than maybe graphic design and work for an agency? Do you want to do a new project like every year? Then maybe like product design. Do you want to do a, work on one project for like three years? Then maybe architecture. Mm-hmm. So it might be, I, I think that it's not so much the subject. It might be the pace at which you find yourself comfortable working at uh, could have, you know, could have a lot of impact on enjoyment. So being able to control that is sort of building up the sort of financial reserves or the audience to where you can support yourself. And by sort of really satisfying the creative part at the expense of just producing tons of content is another interesting way to stay really interested and involved in your own work. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Those are two good questions. Uh, let's see. Should we we have more questions, but we can save them. We can pop into a hypothetical. Let's do some hypotheticals. Let's do some okay, hypothets. Cool. Okay. We'll edit that and clean it up. That really lost energy. Nami, I'm going to make it loop three times. <laughs> <laughs> that really... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really let the steam out of the sails right, here. Tr- give us a transition, the wind. Chris. Okay. Okay. This one comes from... This is an easy last name that I'm still going to butcher. Mike McDonough? McDonough? I want to say McDonough, but it's not that. It's... O-U-G-H it ends in, whatever. Huh. Mike McDonough. It's definitely so not as that. easy as you thought. <laughs> but it's like the easiest name to butcher. Okay. The simplest name that I can still wreck. Okay. He says, Battle Royale, with an exclamation point. Ooh. The three of you are forced to fight to the death, but there are handicaps. Ben is drunk and his hands are tied behind his back. <laughs> Mark Mike is surrounded by shards of broken mirror and oh barefoot. <laughs> and Chris's glasses are broken and his jeans are really, really tight, restricting his movement <laughs> slash blood flow. Who would win? Now here, wait, uh, bef- before we jump into that, you know, I don't normally, I don't always plug things that people sent in. But yeah. he also sent me a link to his band. They're on Bandcamp under the name Via Luna. He deserves Anyhow, it. That was a yeah, great question. It was a great question. Say concept. it again. So, what was it? Via Luna. So I okay. gave him a listen. And I'm not just saying this because Mike wrote in such a great hypothetical, but I listened and they're actually really, really terrible. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> they're cool. They, uh, they do instrumental stuff. It kind of reminds me of a lot of the emo bands that I used to like. Um, I'll name cool. a couple. There's Monine, the Casket Lottery. Though, so that'll, that'll maybe help about two people that are listening out if they get those references. But either way, check them out via Luna, Bandcamp. They're actually really good. I, I enjoyed listening. All right, I'll so let's hop out. into the hypothetical. Let's do it. What do we got? 
who wants okay, to start? Okay, so I'll just go. I'll go based on. I'll just throw out a couple little ideas. Okay. I'm surrounded by shards of glass and barefoot. For you guys to no, get mirror. to me. It's all yeah, your yeah, mirrors. Yeah. But it's, it's glass. It's still glass. Shards <laughs> yeah. of glass. For you guys to get to me, you've got to go through that glass. That's right. So but you're not going to be coming. On, oh, do you? Yes, we can both have oh, shoes on. Oh, interesting. Either way, I feel like y'all are going to have to come at me maybe a uh-huh. little bit slower, a little bit more like... Uh, Gingerly? Yeah, a little bit. So that's going to give me a little bit of an advantage. And I have no restrictions, right? You can like, pick up one of those shards of mirror, huh? back. I can still see fine. Heck, uh-huh. I'm surrounded by weapons. I'm set up pretty good. You are, yeah. Ben can't, ben can't defend himself. No, I'm just going <laughs> to grab a piece of glass and cut my hands free. Also, even, with your feet? So, little known fact, uh, there may have been one point in my life where uh, I was detained by the authorities and handcuffed with my hands behind my back. And I may or may not have been able to get out of it. Uh, <laughs> but were you of, drunk? Remember, you're drunk in this situation oh, also. Oh, he was drunk in that situation oh, too. Very <laughs> drunk. That's the <laughs> That's only reason he, he tried detained. to get away from the cops. Right. So uh, I was able to get my hands, even though they were behind my back, all the way in front of myself because I'm relatively flexible and have long arms. Um, and uh, must, much to the consternation and somewhat amusement of the of the of the police officers um i ended up not getting in trouble it was it was all fine Uh, (laughs) mistaken uh, identity those are the types of things when you watch cops is what gets people like super locked in jail like when (laughs) they start trying to run that's when they start getting like the elbow to the head with and everything so i'm pretty confident that i could get my arms from behind my back to in front of my uh body and then from there i could pick up a shard of glass did we say handcuffed or duct taped so uh, tied. Oh, tied. Okay. So I, I took that to imply rope like, or rope, something, or not, like a cable tie, not cuff. So yeah, pretty confident that I'd get out of it, and then. But I'd not fuck in you time. Not in time, brother. I'm sorry. You're gonna, get a, you're gonna catch a piece of mirror to the <laughs> no, neck. No, you're gonna be. Mike. You're gonna be doing your Bruce Willis sort of diehard impression across the, 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 the yeah. broken glass. I'm barefoot. You're barefoot. Ah, oh, that's a real disadvantage because I'm not going towards any. Y'all are coming to me in that case. Yeah, I feel like I, I think I like Mike's chances the best. I feel like he's got the best situation to start yeah. off with. The, like, because if we can use, yeah, <clears throat> man, I'm not too worried about the tight jeans. I think I can handle the tight jeans, but man, my vision <laughs> is bad. Like, I might as well be blindfolded. Yeah, without uh, my glasses on, it. I'll, I'll probably end up killing myself before I'm able to attack either <laughs> of you. I think the other the other thing with these things too is it, it becomes like strategy too. It's like. Uh, like my best opportunity to win is to take you out early, Ben. Before yeah. you can get yourself freed up, like just that's what him. I have to do. Okay, so otherwise, then let's make a I'm pack. Barefoot. Let's just both get Ben out otherwise, of the way. I've, uh, otherwise, I've got Ben coming at me at a hundred percent like energy because he's got shoes on, mm-hmm. and I'm just standing <laughs> there. And all I'm going to do is get tackled into a bunch of glass. Oh, that's <laughs> not a good situation. But what I've got to do is get after Ben. But I don't have shoes. I just got to risk it. Yep. I got to take it. A couple, a couple scrapes on your feet is better than getting like roundhouse kicked by Ben. And Ben's had scrapes on his feet. He knows how to handle those. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. think, uh, I think Mike and I should band together and we we'll just get, get Ben taken out quick, and then it's just made the best man win between the two of us. 
I'm down. Deal. All right, deal. If we ever sorry, find ben. ourselves in this situation, <laughs> this sorry, it's me and Chris. But most importantly, we should film this for content. Right. Oh, yeah, this would be the best Listen, video in the makerspace. But what channel is it going on? we got to figure this out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. The Modern Maker Podcast YouTube channel, which you all should be subscribed to. That'll um, be like the like the room cam, and then we'll each wear a GoPro, and we'll put those yeah. on our respective channels. <laughs> It'll be Hunger Games, basically. Yeah. Nice. That was a uh, good question. Well thought out. Had lots of jokes in there. So thank you for that, Mike. I love that it had so many layers. It wasn't yeah. just who wins in a battle to the death. They yeah, thought into to, it further. Yeah. You got to poke fun handicaps. at each of us within that. Within Shout out handicaps. to a great guy with a great name. Thank you, Mike. Mike McDonough. That's what I like to call <laughs> him. And I apologize for Chris <laughs> butchering your name. Cool. All right. Can I go with what I'm obsessed with this week? I go have a it. new discovery that I'm really excited about. It's oh, a boy. show on Netflix. And it is called Grand Design. Mm, Maybe not, Grand oh yeah, Designs. Awesome. Lit, man. I'll tell you what. It's um I don't know who produces it, but it's 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 Netflix. everything is that you BBC? hate. I think so. Now that you say that, yeah, because all of it is set in the UK. It's everything you hate about HGTV shows done away with. So nice. like the whole like showing the space before you even get a chance to get into it, like just the overuse of teasers and then the just, the just like the boring drama aspect of it is just stripped away it's literally just a host that goes around and gets tours of really really interesting places he talks to the architects which i think is really great um and it's just it's a, i think a 45 minute show and a lot of them are just over one space nice. so they really they really dive into the design of it and everything is for the most part pretty modern aesthetic wise and it's uh, excellent it, it's it's honestly the best i would say it's the best like house design show that i've ever seen yeah. so yeah yeah it's Check it's, it out. it's inspiring it's, it's it really and is. The, the projects are exceptionally done and you actually learn something yes from how difficult these challenges are yes um so for me, it is an Instagram account called Wobi Design. So that's W-O-B-Y Design. Mm-hmm. And I think this guy has a really interesting focus for making. It's pretty much everything he makes is out of recycled skateboards. And he's found a really interesting way of turning skateboard decks into this really cool sort of raw material, this kind of like hyper-colorful, uh, striated uh, plywood-type composite that he then mills into really precisely made uh, pieces. So check it out. Woby design, W O B Y design on oh, nice. Instagram. And, uh, yeah, the stuff he does is really impressive. It, right. And, and as a, as a collection of work, it, it's really nice. It's almost like he's doing like a study just in what you can do with old skateboards yes. and the, the diversity within the projects, even though the focus is specific, I find very impressive. Consistency, mm-hmm. but experimentation. Yeah. Exactly. Boom. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of, remember there was that video that you would always see on like Facebook where the guy put the colored pencils in epoxy and then he turned it, like turned a bowl or something out of it. Yeah. Hasn't Peter Brown done some stuff like that too? Some Probably. similar stuff, yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the look of the wood has that a little kind of bit, look yeah. to it. Yeah. Shout out yes. to Peter Brown. Go check out his stuff too. Yeah. Go Double check out Peter out. Brown. Very creative. Yeah, I uh, forgot to become obsessed with something this week, but instead I'll, I'll use <laughs> Give this us an album of the week. Uh, the band The National came out with a new album last week. Oh, I've listened like to him. it once. Nice. Um, it was pretty good. It was listenable. I listened to it while I was doing some sand in the other day. So I'll, I'll give it a few more shots and see if it 
takes root Sinks in my in. brain. But I was going to yeah. say, I'll do, I, so I don't think I talked about this, but remember last week I had mentioned the, um, I put the, for the custom orders, I put the website up where people could like put their budget and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So, What's the update? <laughs> I had a, a new one come in today. Now I'm, pr- I'm 99% sure this was one of our listeners trolling, trolling. me. Mm. Yeah, but it was they wanted two bad Larrys and they wanted them to um, sent to to England. And he asked if I order two, do I get a discount? And his budget was fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so I'm ninety nine percent. This is sure this is a guy trolled me. So if you're listening Gotta to be. this, and now I know this is going to open the floodgates, but don't go and do that because the You'll joke get banned. Is- <laughs> he'll he'll use your email address to find your YouTube account and block you. It was funny the first time, people. But yeah. so I told it to my wife and we were having a laugh. And then she actually had a really good idea. So I already changed it. She said, you know, instead of just putting that, you should just put radial buttons and then just put amounts. So now I made it so it's 2,000 to 2,000 or to 3,000, 3,000 to 5,000, 5,000. Oh, above. so there's, there's a minimum, basically. Yes. There's a cap. I so like that it. way, That's if smart. somebody, for the honest people who do find it and really think that something like that's going to be like $300. It lets them know too. Yeah, we don't even have to have the conversation. They're like saving everybody time. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with efficiency in web design. (laughs) That's a good one to be obsessed with. Thank you. All right. Uh, I guess that'll pretty much do it for the episode. Send us out, man. Follow us on Instagram. Get on that Reddit. We're still growing the Reddit. We're up to like 200 people or so. I've noticed people on there having conversations. Uh, getting their questions answered. So it's nice to see that people are using it as that kind of a resource. And it's but, really cool seeing other people answer other people's questions. Exactly, yeah. Like been if like, someone's on there and they see something they know the answer to, and like that's that's good community support. And I yeah, like it. Making friends, helping people out. Yep. But let's uh, get people on there. If you got good ideas for a show topic, go on there, post it. We'll, we'll make sure we read it and consider it. You know what I chose for my Reddit handle? What'd you choose? Mike from Modern Builds. Ooh, very original. <laughs> no, yeah, mine is the winter me, so people are like, I always have to say, this is Chris, by the way. <laughs> At least I'll have to do that for the first couple months so people know, because it's funny. just an obscure Seinfeld yeah. reference. But uh, yeah. Awesome. If you haven't Follow given us a review, please give us that. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that because we're going to have a we're going to have a we're going to have a, a project challenge here pretty soon. Yeah, so, we're due. We're due for one. So. Actually, could I, if you guys are still listening, I would love to hear any suggestions, um, like maybe get a little bit of a poll. Let's start a Reddit thread. We actually have, I think we have a Reddit thread going that somebody started that has okay, that. Cool. So yeah, just keep contributing to that Contrib- one. Yeah, let's contribute to that. I'll throw out a couple ideas on there. Um, and if either of us come up with any ideas we think might fit, we'll throw them on there as well. And that way yeah. we can upvote and see what, see what the people listening and actually like interacting with us are kind of into. Yeah, um, and I think that to just to give you a kind of, not that there's a guideline, but I think something that Ben said that you should keep in mind as you're coming up with challenges is try to think that of things that are inclusive. So things yes. that don't have a high barrier to entry and that and, everyone and can kind of, of like, have fun with. Yeah. And instead of limiting an aspect, choose an aspect, right? Yep. So instead of saying you can't use this or you can't use this, say you've got to use this or you've, or you know what I mean? Incorporate this some way. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun uh, recording it and having this conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. If you did, give us that review. I'm going to keep saying it. We need reviews so bad, guys. We're trying to top We're that 100 chart. For reviews. We're trying to top that 100 chart. Go tell your aunts. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya.